0: Add Fitbod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me/slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D.me/slash Zabe. Today on the Zabecast, the Brewers sealed the deal and stunned the Cubs. At Wrigley, now how far can this magical team go? The NFL's passing numbers have never been more inflated. Andy Poland joins me to discuss whether anybody in the league office gives a crap. All that plus the million things we still don't know one year later after the Las Vegas shooting. If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018. Thank you for the download and congratulations to the Milwaukee Brewers, who are your NL Central champions for 2018. And they will have home field advantage as far as they can go to the World Series in the National League. What a day! What a day! What a moment! What a run by this team! My goodness. A 5% chance on September 1st, according to the Eggheads, according to the Nerds, according to the Numbers Crunchers. It's the old phrase. So you're saying there's a chance. What a perfect game that the Brewers played and pretty much just, it was flawless the way it went down. Chassin went a 5-2, and two thirds, gave up one hit, set up the bullpen perfectly. You had Kane with a go-ahead single in the eighth inning. Yelich kept raking. He finishes now having won the NL batting title, hitting three twenty six. Had 110 ribs, one behind Javi Baez. Finished with 36 home runs, just too shy of Nolan Arenado. And the tiebreakers were game 163 of the regular season, and Arenado's home are counted in the totals. Milwaukee trailed Chicago by as many as five games of September, but manager Craig Council's club... Pushed the season to an extra day with a furious finish, then used their deep lineup and bullpen to outlast the playoff-tested Cubs. And more shocking was the fact that a sizable portion of of the field of the crowd at Wrigley Field was Brewer fans. I was stunned. My good buddy Mikey O'Neill said that he's going. He's like, I got tickets for tomorrow. He said this to me last night. I'm like, oh my god! Looks like Mike got caught up in the moment and splurged. I thought he would have spent eight, nine hundred bucks for two tickets for he and his wife no 140 bucks each and they were great seats they were like ninth row behind the first base dugout game was not a sellout and i know that people say well it's an unplanned game on less than 24 hours notice the cubs fans were already banking on well we're playing some form of postseason baseball either a home wild card game or the start of the NL Division Series. So we're not going to plan for this. But still, you'd think, I think there would have been enough people that would pour in. A lot of Brewer fans poured in. It had to feel great, given how badly the Cubs take over Miller Park on a regular basis, for there to be a sizable Brewer contingent in the stands on a rather a cool but otherwise nice October afternoon. Here was the final call from the longtime and legendary voice of the Milwaukee Brewers,
1: Bob Eucher. One and two on Rizzo. Everybody on their feet here.
0: And there it was, great call from Yuke. And I me tell you what I'm watching the game, and I'm we were on the air actually. It just my show had started here in D.C. at four o'clock, and I'm given unauthorized accounts and descriptions of the game without express written consent from Major League Baseball. And once Baez got on after a very tough at bat against Tater, uh, Rizzo comes up, and you got to respect his power, and he turns. He turns on that last fly ball out, and I'm like, "Oh shit, no! Please God, please God, no!" And then you see that nope, didn't catch nearly enough of it. It was going to be a harmless fly ball out, and then the celebration was on, pretty pretty cool. Uh, here was, here was Craig Council after the game, the Whitefish Bay boy who once grew up idolizing the Brewers of yore talking to the team in the champagne-soaked clubhouse at Wrigley. And a lot of you guys were here for that.
1: This year we're having a special moment in (laughs) this clubhouse. And it's because you guys decided to be a family. You decided to be a family. You decided to be be connected. You decided to sacrifice for each other. And we just took the first step. We got another celebration this weekend. Yeah! (laughs) Everybody in this room, every single person here has contributed to where we're at today. Everybody should feel incredible about
0: it. All right, I apologize. I called up the wrong clip. That was from clinching, clinching the, uh, just a playoff berth. Uh, that was not actually after the game at Wrigley. I, I don't know what I did with that soundbite. I swear to God I had it somewhere here. And, of course, I've lost it. Anyway, caught up in the moment. We'll talk more about this with Drew Olson tomorrow on the ZabeCast Uh, Full react from Drew and thoughts about the team. The question I'm going to ask him, and you heard that bite from counsel saying, hey, we decided to be a family. How much did the team rallying around Hader, following the tweets at the All-Star game, help contribute to the notion of, hey, we're in this thing together? That Okay, I don't really like some of those things that you said, but you manned up. You apologized for it. We're a family. We're going to rally. We're going to circle the wagons, and we're going to protect our own. And we're going to go forward. I'll ask Drew about that tomorrow. I think that probably had to help to some degree. All right, we got some other stuff to get to before we get to Andy Poland. I love sports radio. Sports radio is great because you can just be a blowhard about anything. And you can be wrong as rain. And you can be not only wrong as rain, you can then come back and lie about how wrong you were. And who's going to, what are you going to do, get fired? No. Not at all. This is Tony Maserati in Boston on ninety eight five the fanatic, I believe, talking about Sony Michelle. And the previous week, Sony Michel, uh, M- M- Maserati said he sucks, he blows. Then after Sony Michel has a big game, twenty five carries for hundred and some odd yards, uh, Sony Michelle or Maserati says, I'm not sitting here telling he blows. Take a listen.
1: Impressed by Sony Michelle yesterday, Mass? No. No, I wasn't. Hey, Mass. Yes, Joe? Give the guy a break. It's only been his, what, his fourth game into the season? That's correct. Give him a break. He'll be all right. Okay, Mass, give him
0: a break. Yeah, no, no, listen again. I'm not not sitting here telling you he blows. All right, now let's go back to last week.
1: (laughs) For decision-making, coaching... I. E. I mean, you mentioned Sony Shell. He sucks. He blows. That guy's awful. I'm not sitting here, telling you
0: He blows. He <laughs> blows. That guy's awful. I'm not sitting here, telling you He blows. He blows. That guy's awful. Ah, it's just great. That's just great. I love this business. See, this is what I try not to be. I try not to be a hot take artist. I try not to be completely hypocritical. When my opinion changes about something, I freely admit so. When I'm wrong, I I almost revel in my wrongness about it. But I guess that's why uh, you know I'm not as big and famous as certain people. I guess maybe I should be like that. Just call people like, he blows, and then you know a guy has a good game. I'm not saying he blows. Why why would you say that? Speaking of blows, okay, I'm now off the Patrick Reed wagon. If I was ever really on it, I'm now off of it. This this stuff that blew up afterwards, after the Ryder Cup, is something else. Apparently, Jordan Spieth did not want to play with Patrick Reed. And that bothered Patrick Reed, even though he said, look, I don't have to like whoever I'm playing with. He just was like, I thought we were a good team. I thought we would have been good together, which, by the way, they were. They were the good team. Uh, in 2014 when they lost, and 2016 when they won. But Reed said to the New York Times after the final question of the glum press conference at Le Golf National, said Patrick Reed, the issue's obviously with Jordan not wanting to play me, he said to the New York Times. I don't have any issue with Jordan. When it comes right down to it, I don't care if I like the person I'm paired with or if the person likes me as long as it works and it sets up the team for success. He and I know how to make each other better. We know how to get the job done. Yet when the Americans were asked about the split of the post-event press conference, Spieth was diplomatic, saying it was a group decision that all were involved in. Reed called BS on it, saying, I was looking at Jordan like I was about to light the room up like Phil in 2014. This was after Phil, of course, through... Uh, Tom Watson under the bus saying it was his fault. He was mean. He didn't take our input on pairings. Now you got Jordan Reed going to the New York Times saying, yeah, man, he didn't want to play. He didn't want to play with me. Reed was also unhappy that Furyk sat him out for two sessions by saying, quote, for somebody as successful as I am in the Ryder Cup, I don't think it's smart to sit me twice. In Saturday's morning session with Woods, writes Joel Beal in Golf World, A casual observer tallied that Reed must have shot 85. Over the weekend, Reed's wife Justine was angry about a GolfChannel.com editor's comment on Reed's less-than-stellar play and also made made mention that it was Speet that wanted to break up the pairing. Jesus, all the drama. I mean, come on. Reed and Woods lost their first match against Fleetwood and Molinari, after which Reed said Woods apologized to him for letting him down. Reed then said he told Tiger we win together as a team and we lose together as a team. Wow, this guy. Of course, there's more to it than that. There's a couple of sound bites to play here. Uh, One is uh, Patrick Reed with Jordan Spieth at the Dell match play this past spring where they ended up playing each other. Patrick Reed won that match, if I recall. And listen to this because, you know, Reed and Spieth are nice and complimentary, but then listen to the shot at the end that Patrick Reed takes at Jordan Speeth.
1: He's a phenomenal putter. He he really is, especially in this format where he putts aggressively. He's very consistent. You know, he hits the ball well, he chips the ball well, and, and he... No, he puts it really well. If I can have the ball in my hands more uh, by the by the time we're hitting our closing putts on the greens, then uh, certainly that's a big advantage uh, when you have a great putter like Patrick. He's not going to give you holes. You have to go and play some good golf, and that's what it's going to come down to, is who's going to be playing good golf. We've, we've been successful as a team, and I, it's been from trying to outdo the other. If we try to beat each other and one-up each other, when we do that, the other team just seems to... You know, not really have a chance. I was really off at the 16 Ryder Cup in a couple of his matches, and Patrick just put the team on his back. What do you think his key his, his strength is when it comes to match play? I don't know. My back still hurts from the last Ryder Cup. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> oh. oh, no, he did. Then there was this incident in which Patrick Reed was begging for a favorable ruling on a drop deep in the palms and weeds of some tournament earlier this year and take a listen to what he says after he's not getting the answer he wants from the rules official.
1: If I take 7-iron, I'd be standing on the stand. I think you'd be taking an abnormal stance and trying to stand on the stand. Not if i take 7-iron. kidding me? Mm-hmm. Let me see 7-iron see if it's an abnormal I guess my name needs to be Jordan Spieth, oh. <laughs> oh?
0: oh, I guess my name needs to be Jordan Spieth. By the way, there's a female voice there that seems to chime up like anyone else would get a drop. I wonder if that's his wife, his fiery wife who is always by his side.
1: Let me
0: see something I see if there's an apple. Anyone else would get a drop out of there, I guess my name <laughs> Anyone else would get a drop out of there? Hey, how about you don't hit it in there? Would be a good idea, and then don't beg for a ruling. Now, some say he was just jokingly referring to Jordan Speeth getting the drop at the British Open on the range and through the equipment trailers and yada, yada, yada that helped him win the tournament, but it eh, might be a little bit more to it than that. Okay, okay. That's fine. Okay. I want a
1: third opinion. I'm allowed that.
0: Yeah, I do. I do want a third opinion. From an unbiased source. Unbiased source! I want a third opinion. Oh, God. What an asshole. Look, you know what? Until we squash these little squabbles, until we actually come together as a team, we're not going to win these things. I mean, we might, if we set up the course just the way we like it and uh, don't throw it away like we did at uh, Medina And we get lucky with a European team that comes in very weak like they did in 2016. I don't see us winning over there anytime soon. And not with this bullshit. But real catfight. Golfing catfight. You gotta love it. And by love it, you gotta hate it. You gotta laugh and say, God, this is golf, right? These guys are really bent out of shape of who they play with. Uh, Apparently the answer is yes. Yes, they are bent out of shape about that. Alright, without further ado, my good friend and former broadcast partner, Andrew Poland, joins us now. Alright, so there we go. I don't you love it that Dwight Howard is already being kept out of practices for out of just out of caution with his bad back.
1: I love this. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs>
0: We'll see, man. People are hyped up like, no, he's going to be good. I swear, this time it's a new Dwight Howard.
1: Yeah, look, he's he's got good numbers. His his numbers are good for a big man. He's, what, 16 points, 12 rebounds, something like that? Yeah, but that's, every
0: that's team the, he's on wants to get rid of him. That's the point. Every team, they're it, like, it, get it, this asshole off our team.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing that if you're a cancer and you can't play, to get you out of the league. But if you're a cancer and you can play, you keep getting more chances. So this is the latest team to say, oh, no, no, we don't care about the past. We think that he'll fit in nicely with us.
0: I tell you what, I give the NBA this for one of the most, for one of the least uh, compelling leagues in terms of, hey, what's going to happen this year? They get the most coverage, Andy, of any sport I have ever seen. And I guess it's just because The younger demographic loves the NBA, so they cover the shit out of it. Like, if I literally have to see another Wizards preseason game update on my Twitter timeline, I'm going to lose my mind.
1: Well, it's, uh, as we speak, Knicks 46, Wizards
0: 38. Oh! (laughs) I don't give a rat's ass. It's preseason, for God's sakes.
1: Yeah, but Austin Rivers. Come on, aren't you excited about him? He's oh, yeah.
0: oh, yeah. Come on. So, did you see by the way where while we're on the uh the NBA and then we'll get off of it cuz there's too much good NBA or too much good NFL stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh did you see where apparently Tyron Lewis said that this year is not going to be about wins and losses with the Cavaliers, but wins and lessons. Wins uh, and lessons this year.
1: Yeah. Is, is that's kind of like uh, Mike Krzyzewski saying he doesn't play for championships. He plays for relationships.
0: That's why. Yeah. I, I don't coach for championships. I coach for relationships.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. I'm
0: so special. Yeah. yeah the Cavaliers are going to suck without LeBron James. And uh, we pretty much know that. I think Toronto's going to be good with Kawhi Leonard. I think Boston's mm-hmm. going to be loaded. They're probably the favorite in the East. The Wizards yep. might be somewhere in the mix. Third, fourth, fifth best team, maybe depending on how it shakes out. Well,
1: you know, I, I just think that there was a story in the paper over the weekend that they've got the most expiring contracts they've had since two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen, when they had eleven. You know, when they were trying to clear the decks for Durant. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so uh, it just didn't work. And now I think six of the top ten in the rotation have expiring contracts. So it could be a problem.
0: Mean for the Wizards being good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think I mean, they, are we are
0: we better than the Sixers? Are we better than the Celtics? Are we better than the Raptors? I don't think they're better
1: than Philly. Are, are they better we, than Philly? No, are, they're not better than Toronto. Are we
0: no. are we better than the Pacers or the Bucks? Are we better Maybe. than Okay, so we're like 5th in the in the East. Which is Maybe. Yeah. which is great, but I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I bet Golden State is going to be good this year. I got a hey. feeling about them. I think they're going to be pretty good.
1: <laughs> Do you think it's possible that the Lakers will miss the playoffs with LeBron?
0: That would be something else. And that's the big question. Like, I don't quite know how good L.A. is going to be with him. Obviously, he's going to make them good right away. But it's just a matter of right. how good. How good, how quick, and what bumps along the way. Will there be a point in which LeBron says this year, man, I need better supporting cast than this?
1: Yeah, I think that, that's that's possible. Um, and you know, what if, uh, what if old LeVar, you know, starts getting in his grill a little bit, you know, will that,
0: <laughs> Do you know, you know, I heard a theory that LeVar Ball was getting paid to shut up by the Lakers.
1: That could be, I, I wouldn't put that past Magic Johnson. That, that, uh, that would make some sense. Cause basically put said... him on,
0: put him on the payroll for some nominal amount, like an advisory fee of 250 grand a year and as stipulation yeah. for that shut the fuck up?
1: Yeah, I mean, is it possible that that Magic said to him, "The first time you pipe up, uh, we're going to send him to Cleveland. We're going to send your boy to Cleveland." I, I okay? don't think
0: I don't think that's possible because he the, his kid's an asset. They spent a high pick on the what the number two overall pick, number three overall pick.
1: Yeah. So uh, so, the, know, so that's but... kind
0: of an idle threat. Maybe the long con all along was Lavar Ball saying, "Watch, I'm going to be such a pain in the ass." They'll eventually have to give me a title and money to shut up. <laughs> if so, I gotta tip my hat to him because that's genius. Alright, enough damn basketball. Let's get to the juiciness that is the NFL. You think the Cleveland Browns got royally screwed on Sunday?
1: Well, there were two calls. Uh, one was an obvious fumble uh, that didn't go their way. That's one thing. But the replay, yep. where it it was pretty clear that the, they got even shortchanged on the spot, and then on the field it was called a first down. They went to replay. They go to Dean Blandino to to analyze it, and he says, "Oh yeah, that, that that's a first down." And then <laughs> they reverse it, and he's and, they and he's flabbergasted.
0: Get... Yeah, Blandino, yeah. I love it. I love it how Blandino is now stunned that even he can't tell what is or is not a right call in the NFL?
1: Right. I mean, that, first of all, if the NFL is so sure that their replay system is good, then why would you allow second-guessers who have worked for your side to work for the league? I mean, Mike probably well, has been doing it for a while.
0: They can't stop yeah. it, though. Once guys they, leave the league, what can they do?
1: Well, I mean, they, they could include it as part of the TV contract.
0: Uh, right. Well then, I don't think they can tell the networks you're not allowed to hire ex referees. I don't
1: know about that. They they might have some sway in that. But how about the, just be here, here, more?
0: How about just be more transparent? Here's what is amazing: Ian Rapport reports that the competition committee doesn't think the Clay Matthews hit on Kirk Cousins was a foul, but Alberto right. Riveron has not included that play with any explanation in two subsequent videos that he puts out every week about controversial calls. So the league is literally ignoring it and is taking reporters like Rappaport to actually sort of ferret this stuff out. This league is just unbelievable at times.
1: Yes, but... On a Sunday when the Redskins aren't playing, and you can watch the Red Zone channel for seven hours straight, it's pretty good. <laughs> I know,
0: but did you see what happened at the end of the Red Zone run at yeah, 8 o'clock? I know. So
1: yeah. the league
0: forces the Red Zone to cut away. Why?
1: Is it that, or is it that the Red Zone doesn't want to pay for the extra hour of satellite time? Is that possible? Okay.
0: It all doesn't matter, Andy. Think about this. What other business? purposely denies customers the product that they love and the product they pay for, because the red zone, It's you pay for it even if it's included in your cable television tier, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I know, I I, I like it. You're paying for a product,
0: you love that product, and the NFL actively goes out and thwarts you from seeing that product. I missed the entire first quarter of the Giants-Saints game because the our local affiliate, WSA9, picked yeah. up the Colts-Texans overtime game and stuck with that instead, and my DirecTV blacked out my Sunday ticket carry of the Giants-Saints game. So I couldn't see it, even though I'm
1: paying money, $400. They for blacked them. it out because it was shown locally? Was that the reason? It,
0: yes, because the local affiliate possessed the right uh, to show oh. us Saints-Giants, but they chose not to because they thought an overtime game was more interesting. I guarantee you, no one in our market gave two fucks about the Texans and the Colts. They yeah. cared about the Giants. Do you know how many New Yorker? well, you know this, Andy. We have a heavy New York contingent of fans in the D.C. area. Lawyers, oh, yeah. businessmen, yeah. politicians. They wanted to watch the Giants game. They missed the whole first quarter.
1: Yeah, well, I, I know this. I mean, this goes way back. The uh, the Bullets, when they were in Baltimore, used to play games at Cole Fieldhouse to you know get some support from the D.C. area. And they always played the Knicks. And the crowd was like 70% Knicks fans when they would play at Cole. So yeah. this has been going on for a long time. Yeah, because a lot of transplanted New Yorkers here, no question.
0: All now, that said, it's great to see the Giants lose. Great to see the Eagles lose. We almost had yes. the NFC East trifecta where the Cowboys almost lost. But here we are coming off a of bye, 2-1 and one, atop the division for now. And mm-hmm. uh, it looks like the Giants are going to suck all year. I think the Cowboys aren't a real threat. And the Eagles may not be world beaters this year. Do you feel good as a Redskin fan? We might be in this?
1: They might be in it, but how many years have we judged how the season was going to go through three games? Right?
0: Well, you do this all the time as a fan.
1: Yeah, yeah but... but. And, and, and all of a sudden, after being off for a week, you wake up Monday morning and the division didn't do very well except for the Cowboys, and you think, oh, yeah, we're the best team in the division. I don't know if the Redskins are the best team in the division. Uh, it's it's hard, it's hard to tell. I was thinking about this, though. If this Adrian Peterson thing is working what and thing? it does appear, well, that he's playing and he's playing well at you least know, in two of the three games.
0: You know he was in a walking boot this bye week because of a sprained ankle?
1: I know. Yeah, well, they said that for him, the bye week came at the right time. But he'll play. He's, he's come back from injuries, as you know, very well before. Would you, because I think what they really lack right now is a game-breaking wide receiver, would you uh, now you think... You think?
0: Yeah, trade for who?
1: No, no. Oh, Dez. Dez, 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 Dez still sitting out there. Would you, would you say to yourself, hmm, this Peterson thing is working. Do we roll the dice again and bring in Dez? <laughs>
0: Uh, no, I'm against that because Dez is no longer a game breaking wide receiver. He is a former number one who does not separate very well these days. And as right. soon as he comes in, he's going to be out of shape. They're going to have to work him into the offense. He has to understand the offense. And then he's going to demand, oh, 17 targets a week. And when he doesn't get those 17 targets, plus, if you bring in Dez, here's why they won't do it you are admitting defeat on Josh Doxon.
1: Well, I think I was just going to say that. I think it's time. Because he's a guy who doesn't seem to want the ball. And the alpha wide receivers always want the ball. Uh, you know, it's still early in his career. I understand that. Between the two first seasons, he's only really played a year. So he's only three games into really what is like his second year. But to me, I just haven't seen it. He doesn't have the, the separation. I he agree. He doesn't seem to have the attitude. No. He doesn't.
0: He seems like a really nice kid. Yeah. Soft. Yeah. A nice kid who's glad he's in the NFL making NFL money, but otherwise, eh, takes it as it comes. Doesn't seem like a badass. Now, listen, are you for Dez? Are you actually advocating this?
1: I, I'm thinking about it. <laughs>
0: you're, you're browsing. <laughs> I have the brochure titled, yeah. So You'd Like to Sign Des Bryant. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Question.
1: Uh, and, and what's, what's Question. the downside? So he comes ah, in. Ah, he's a pain ah. in the ass for two weeks. You cut him. It's not. You're not giving him big money.
0: Question. Do you not see yourself... I feel like I'm your counselor now. And, <laughs> Andrew, don't you see you falling in the same destructive patterns... Of the Redskins of 2001-2002? The whole what's yes. the downside? How about let me turn it around this way, Andy, and say, where are we going with Adrian Peterson and Des Bryant?
1: Well, you know, you could possibly be a playoff team. And in this town, <laughs> off what's happened the last 25 years, that's a win.
0: No, that is a horrible way to think. We're not building anything going that route and we're not going anywhere meaningful and you know how this league moves and changes this will yeah. be ain't both peterson and des bryant whether he comes here or not will be so ancient news by october of 2019 it'll make your head spin
1: well to 2019 you, you've got guys coming back so, so you don't need peterson anymore Oh, okay uh,
0: so yeah. this is I mean, just a temporary deal. fix it's, it's, okay yeah
1: yeah, it's all, it's all for 2018. It's not he's built not, for the future. He's so, not, but what Peterson's, do you make?
0: Peterson's not making it through 16 games.
1: Probably no, not. Probably not. No chance. Yeah. But, but let me ask you this. What do you make of D- Doug Williams coming on your radio station?
0: Oh, say, yeah.
1: Let's go ahead and lay it out. Cold, he was scolded for bringing in Adrian Peterson. What, what do you make of that?
0: Well, Doug Williams went on with Doc Walker and yeah. they were they were talking cuz uh they were no they were never teammates no. but they're ex-Redskins so they're all part of the burgundy and yeah. gold family and basically uh Doug Williams said yeah he was scolded because I guess Bruce and Dan didn't know that didn't, they, know. didn't know that he was bringing them in to take a look and then they end up signing him I don't know what yeah. to make. I don't know what to make of anything anymore, Andy. Like I know <laughs> that I know that Chris Russell on your station tweeted out over the weekend that there's word that Dan Snyder is livid at how this went down, and people attacked him saying, "What do you know, Russell?" Blah blah blah.
1: Do you, you think, think he's still livid? You think you think that that, that uh, two of the three wins I, I think know. are greatly attributed. To, I, mean, I don't two know. Two of the wins. I don't know. I mean, it's just odd. It's just a, yeah. It's it's an odd. I mean, do you think if Dan Snyder found out they were going to bring in Adrian Peterson, he would have canceled the workout?
0: No, I don't know why you would. Let, let, I, your, right. let your football people do football things, and then if they say, look, we could sign them, here's how much, here's what I think you can do for us, you make an evaluation and go with it. None of this yeah. shit should be that hard. There shouldn't be any. I mean, this is just football. Hey, he's available. Yeah. Bring him in, try him out, see what he looks like. If he's good, sign him. If not, see you on down the road. I don't get it. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see other stuff from the weekend. Uh, I guess the Ryan Fitzmagic is now finally out. Can you well, can you compare Fitzmagic as a player to anyone else in NFL
1: history? Uh, somebody who who bubbled up for three weeks and then the pumpkin turned into a carriage like but that? it's like
0: this has happened now at repeated stops he is what i call a journeyman baller that yeah. he is yeah. a journeyman in skill set and over time it's going to be proven but for brief spurts he looks like hell on wheels
1: yeah i i don't understand it you know Part of it was that that Mitch Trubisky was just on fire. I mean, the, the defense of Tampa Bay was ridiculously bad, uh, but he didn't he, he didn't help them either. He he did not have a, have a very good day. Yeah. Um, and and you know the, the it kind of works for the Bucks because they were in a, a ticklish position. I mean, you, you got to play Jameis Winston. You got to find out if he's your long term guy.
0: He's and a he's a one slash one. You've got your whole franchise. Your franchise set your course, a five yeah. plus year course on Jameis Winston. You can't back off of that now. Not because right. I mean, yeah. as bad as what it was he did, fucking degenerate, you know, uh, you know, yeah. asshole that he is. You can't stop the train just for that. You let him pay his penalty, let him sit out his time, and then you get right back in the Jameis Winston business.
1: Yeah, you're too invested, so it, it, it kind of works in their favor. But on the other hand, you know, do you bring in Fitzpatrick to some other team? How about this? Do you think if you are San Francisco, that you might be interested, knowing that he could give you a good second half of the year?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Where's San Francisco going? I mean, nobody is beating the Rams in that division. Period. True.
1: True, but they, they maybe could be a wild card I team. I guess. They're, they're they're playing Bobby Bethard's grandson. It wasn't that terrible yesterday, but uh, they didn't win the game. By the way, did, uh, I, I, did I
0: ask you whether you have regrets that we let McVeigh get away? And that well, the long I, lens I, of history is going to say, holy shit, how do we not fire Gruden and just promote Sean McVeigh?
1: Oh, if they knew what they know now, of course they would. But, I mean, when when Sean McVay left the Redskins to interview for head coaching jobs at the age of, what, 30? Everybody
0: said said from Cooley on down, this guy is unbelievable. He is a wonder kid. He's got stardom written all over him. Don't say we didn't know what we had. We had him in-house, and we let him get out the door.
1: Well, because because it, it, it because you're the Redskins. If you are another organization, you might be able to pull it off. But because you're the Redskins, if you fail with this, then you're the laughing stock again. So, so what? They, let them laugh. Yeah, I guess you, you you could you could say that. But if if you know, like like if you're if you're Pittsburgh and you've got guys like uh, Russ Grimm, who's been in your organization a long time, is ready for a head coaching job, and then at the last second you go. Mike Tomlin, people say, oh, well, there's Pittsburgh. They know what they're doing. But if the Redskins do something like that, it's, ah, oh, look at them reaching again. They had Steve Spurrier. This is what they do. you know.
0: Yeah, I guess so. so. Uh, your thoughts on Earl Thomas flipping off his own team as he left the field on a cart?
1: Well, you know, I, I've seen people like Rich Eisen, who are, are very defensive of, of what he, oh, he, he, you know he's going to get paid. He's got to get paid because these guys get hurt all the time. He's been bitching about going to Dallas for like two years, right? A while. And Yeah, and, and so, and then he wants a new contract, complain, 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 and then he gets hurt. And what, he's angry at his teammates for getting hurt? It looked to me like it was a pretty routine play that he broke his leg.
0: It was it? totally I mean, like he was just stumbling towards the uh, wide receiver in the end zone and fell forward and then banged his leg on the yeah. butt, on the butt or the leg of the receiver and I'm like, "Wow, that's weird that that's a broken leg, but that's what can happen." See, I think it's a, it's a it's a little bit much to say these guys deserve to get paid. He has been paid. Right. And injuries of all sorts are going to keep happening. You know, a broken leg sounds awful, but it's actually better than a knee, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and he's, he, he, he could sign with Dallas in the offseason now. He's, he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, you know, like, i he'll come back from that.
0: Until I read Dr. David Chow and his analysis of the injury, a broken leg, if it's clean, and if it's one of the bones in your leg that's not that important, way better than an ankle, way better than an Achilles, way better than a knee... And he will be free to sign next year.
1: Although I I did hear that that it was the same leg he broke a couple years ago. So, you know, maybe it's a chronic thing. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean, how soon before we get cyborg football where guys are playing literally with one bionic appendage on every team? (laughs) An arm, a leg. Here's the other thing about the NFL right now. You've noticed all these passing records being set all over the place. That the league is going to have a pile of data. This is worse than the juiced ball era in baseball. The number of dumbasses throwing for 450 yards is astounding.
1: Well, you you can't hit the quarterback anymore. I know. You can't tackle him.
0: You can't look at him.
1: You can't touch him. (laughs) Yeah, so so you know, guys like Doug Atkins who used to pick up Sonny Jurgensen and Johnny Unitas and throw them aside like a piece of (laughs) trash—they don't allow that anymore. I
0: know it's crazy. (laughs) Well, like I was stunned. The stat there's two things that I was stunned by. First of all, Fitzpatrick became the first quarterback ever in league history, Andy, to throw for 400 yards in three straight weeks.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Stunning.
0: Stunning! Like, I can't believe nobody... I can't believe Peyton Manning never did it. I can't believe that Aaron Rodgers never did it. I can't believe that Dan Fouts back in the day didn't do it. That Dan Marino didn't do it once upon a time.
1: Well, because the rules were different. You you could hit the quarterback. And, you know, the, the shotgun, which is which is now like 90% of, of, of snaps. Shotgun or pistol, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's all the time. So, like... I was watching a lot of the Cleveland game, and Baker Mayfield had one of his turnovers when he went under center. Oh, he's not used to doing that. He's never done that before. It's
0: very weird. Where do do I put my hands? Right under his ass like that? That seems weird. So do you think think anyone at the league or any owner is saying to anybody, hey, we need to slow this down. We are permanently disfiguring the numbers associated with our game. We'll have no way in the future – of deciding, well, this, was this guy really great or not? How are Hall of Fame what? voters, who are who are small-minded, biased, numbskulls on a good day, going to sort mm-hmm. out these horribly inflated numbers?
1: Well, they can't. That, that's the one good thing about football versus baseball. Baseball, the numbers are important. Football they're not. Nobody knows exactly how many yards Emmett Smith ran for. Well they're not and... they're not
0: mythologized, but they're important in this in this regard. They're used in Hall of Fame induction considerations.
1: They are to a certain extent, but but Lynn Swan is in the Hall of Fame. I think he's got less than four hundred career catches. I know, but so... as as
0: the game changes and guys' numbers quickly get swamped, they can if they don't get in early, they can get left behind. Art Monk was a victim of this. Luckily he finally got in but Art, yeah, Art yeah. Monk's numbers were the best of all time until the game radically changed in the 90s, and then it's like, hey, his numbers don't look so good anymore.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true, but I, I still think that at least they can look at him relative to his era. Yeah. And and I, I think that that's important. I, I the the one thing is that people don't know the numbers in football like baseball, so it's less important. Now I, mean, I agree with you on the Hall of Fame voters, and this Joe Jacoby thing makes me furious every minute. Of course, but, um, you know, but I I do think that that they do take into account the era.
0: All right, a couple college football things. Then I'm gonna let you sound off on the Ryder Cup. How much of the Ryder Cup do you watch?
1: Very little, see I was, I was going to, but but when I was hearing the updates that it was it was a blowout, we Tiger didn't win a point, you know, and Phil didn't know. win a point, and I'm thinking what's and, and you know what really bothers me? watching these heroes celebrate like they landed on the moon or something they're God, having I mean,
0: they're having fun, they're kicking our ass. Why shouldn't they right? celebrate?
1: All right, <laughs> well.
0: you know and it, it <laughs> was it was on early in the morning, which would have suited you very well. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't tune in. You didn't miss much other than Tiger going 0-4. Oh, 0-4. And, yeah, oh, and, 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 yeah. and, and,
1: and didn't I read read some guy named Reed was angry about playing with him?
0: Patrick was Reed. That, Patrick Reed, who yeah. won the Masters, who has a rather checkered history where he got kicked off the golf team at uh, Georgia, I want to say, before he went to yeah, Augusta yeah, State. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Remember, remember the fallout between yep. him and his wife and his mm-hmm. in-laws? Yeah. Uh, after they got married, and there was a lot of talk about what's what's with this asshole Patrick Reed. I kind of defended him a bit back in 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 April when he won the Masters, and now I regret every bit of it because he's running his mouth afterwards, saying I don't know why Jordan Spieth didn't want to play with me. We make each other better, and you know his wife was popping off on social media. Hey, hey, uh, Patrick, you sucked this week. Shut your <laughs> hole, take the L, and move on.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. But this I mean, is why me, this is why
0: we lose these competitions. We do finger pointing, and we're into it ourselves. Y- you missed how zonked out of it Tiger Woods sounded and looked during the competition.
1: Yeah, I, I did see one of the interviews uh, online of him. Yes. And do you, do, you, do you think do you think he's on some meds for his back? Is that yes. possible? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there, it's
0: not illegal to be on meds, but. If you're so zoned out that you've got the 1,000-yard stare and you're slurring your words, maybe you shouldn't be playing golf or operating heavy farm equipment. (laughs) I'm just saying. All right, we're not coming back to the Ryder Cup because we just dealt with it there. What was? Oh, yeah, college football. Two things. Uh, Did you see the Jimbo grab at Texas A&M of the player by the face mask?
1: Yeah, and and I don't know. I mean, I, I guess in light of the Maryland thing, and boy, I, I just read the the post account of of uh, their investigation.
0: Uh, we, why, by the way, has uh, DJ Durkin not been fired yet?
1: Because I, I think they're trying to work out the money on on how it's you know they got, they're they're going to have to pay the McNair family. Uh, so is Durkin it is so is it money? Just,
0: is it just wrestling over money? They're like they're seriously not thinking about bringing him back, are they?
1: Oh, they can't. They okay. can't possibly bring him back. Oh, okay. No, 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 That that that's, that ship is sailed. I think it's just how they're going to work it out. Who's going to accept the blame? You know, they've got this, they're going to have a civil suit uh, and and all that. So I I, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, you grabbing a player by the face mask that used to work for Frank Kush, you know, forty years ago. But, yeah, um, yeah, you know, Jimbo better win. If if the, if you win, they overlook that. But that's that's not good. That's not good
0: at all. Uh, no. Yeah, Fish, uh, Jimbo grabbed the face mask of a linebacker. Trying to find his name here. They don't list it right away. Whatever happened to journalism, Andy?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Hold on, there,
0: hold on, hold on. Here's the lead. Ready? This is from yeah. CBSSports.com. Jimbo Fisher had huge expectations entering the season at Texas A&M after getting a monster contract to leave for State. Aggies started the season 2-2, two and two, blah, 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 On Saturday, Fisher grabbed a Texas A&M linebacker's face mask in the huddle during a timeout, taking more steps toward him after shoving him away. Backlash for the altercation was swift. People simply... What's the name of the linebacker? What? <laughs> what? How is that not in the lead graph, as you like to say, graph? But but the, the, why the is issue, the linebacker's name not right there? Fisher grabbed Texas A and M linebacker Bill Smith by the face mask. That because
1: he's not, not important to the story. It's it's whether or not the coach who makes what eight million dollars a year should be disciplined. That's that's what the story is. You know, everybody has now learned the name of Charlie Bauman. You know, Charlie Bauman is
0: yes. Tell Charlie people Bauman who Charlie is. Bauman was.
1: Charlie Bauman was a, uh, I think he was a linebacker for, for Clemson, and they were playing Ohio State in the Gator Bowl, and he intercepted a pass, and he came over to the sidelines, and Woody Hayes slugged him. And Keith Jackson, who was doing the game, didn't even say anything about it, and, uh, and nothing happened until the next day, and Woody Hayes was fired. Yeah, uh, he was fired for that.
0: The linebacker's name is Terrell Dodson, and Terrell Dodson said that Jimbo was in the right and that it was no big deal, and he did the right thing. Basically, Jimbo oh, wanted to. Say that he, he wanted to separate because uh, I guess Dodson was scuffling with another player from Arkansas and going to risk a penalty, and so he went out there and grabbed him. I still yeah. think Andy, in this day and age, coaches shouldn't do that. They shouldn't react no. that way. That it's just it's a bad optic. It's also bad because some young player is going to get ginned up and go at a coach and swing at a coach, and then then it's a bigger deal. And yeah. and I would yeah. feel bad for the kid because a 19-year-old kid in the heat of the moment who's got a coach grabbing him and pulling him by the face mask, humiliating him, if he takes a swing at the coach at that moment, his career is ruined, and a kid doesn't deserve that because a hot-headed coach doesn't
1: know how to react. Agreed. Uh, look up the name Jim Wisman, who was a basketball player at Indiana in the mid-'70s, and there was a picture on the... Pages of all the papers of Bob Knight grabbing him by the jersey and pulling him over to the bench.
0: Okay. Nothing happened
1: tonight. Nothing. Yeah.
0: Well, Nothing. Oh, there, yeah, there it is right now. I'm yeah. looking. Yeah. <laughs> Grabs him and yells at him. The other thing was uh, <laughs> Penn State and uh, uh, Frank. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, Franklin, not Ron yeah, Franklin.
1: God. Yeah, the Franklin is the coach. Yes, yes.
0: Why? Why are coach you having? Frank. Why are you having <laughs> brain lock <laughs> as well?
1: Co- coach Franklin. Yes.
0: No, I'm not moving off this till we get it.
1: <laughs> Coach Franklin, I got to look it James up. James Franklin, phone. James Franklin,
0: James Franklin, right? Yeah. James, James Franklin. Uh, he he goes for it on fourth down late in the game, and they run a horrible draw play that gets smashed for negative seven yards. They lose the game to Ohio State. That wasn't such a big deal, although people were going to second guess him. It looked like a shitty play call. You got uh, their quarterback McSorley was running like a banshee. Trace oh.
1: McSorley. Also, yes. right.
0: McSorley was running like a banshee all night long, right? Yeah. And then you don't even let him have the option to run or pass on a critical fourth down play. Pretty stupid. But we're all play callers, right, in our own minds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it yeah. wasn't so much that. It was that as Franklin's walking off the field, a Penn State fan yells at him and Franklin stops and turns as if to go after the fan before finally realizing this is a losing proposition.
1: Well, did you hear what the fan said? What did he say? It, 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 the fan said, I love you, but that was a terrible call. That's that it? set him off? Yeah. <laughs> i mean he, he didn't insult his family didn't insult his, his heritage he, he said what right. most
0: Penn i love State you. fans
1: were probably thinking yeah. at that time yeah. you've done a great job here at the school we're back as a national power but that was a ridiculous call that's all it was
0: you know what it just shows you how high strung these coaches are
1: oh yeah they, yeah. they I mean, are
0: I mean, wound you. tighter than a banjo string because the pressure yeah. to win is so big and every one of them not named Nick Saban realizes they're still not good enough in what they do to beat Nick Saban. It's got to be infuriating.
1: Although they, they 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 did not cover this week. They were 49 point favorites in that game and I think the only one by
0: They're up 56 they're 48 point favorites. They're up 56 to nothing and then yeah. basically took took their foot off the gas.
1: Right, right. He's 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 got it. I mean, he, he's got two things going for him. One, he's a great coach, and two, he's got a heritage program. He's got one of the great football programs in the history of college football, yeah. and he he's built it to the point. I mean, also, you know, you watch NFL games now. And because they're always in that sweet spot, three thirty on CBS, it seems like every game is, yes. is is an Alabama game. Yeah, you know these guys when they get to the pros, so so they're they're well known, they're marketable. It, it, it doesn't really make sense to go anywhere else. Look look at this kid that this kid uh, Cam Sims, who, who made the Redskins opening day roster. He didn't even play at Alabama. I know. He didn't play. He, 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 he got like you know 20 passes his whole career. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Mm.
0: All right. Hey, by the way, tell your son Jeremy nice choke by the Cubs as the Brewers yeah. sweep in and steal the division title from under their noses. I bet your son, right. who's a big Cubs fan, is pissed off.
1: Yeah, I know, but you're 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 semi invested in Brewers, aren't you? Because you've been I'm doing very, radio there for I'm happy a long time.
0: Very happy for yeah. them. this is look. This is huge for them. I mean, they won their division once in 2011. They were a wild card in 2015. I want to say, and or maybe vice versa. And then the last time they were in the playoffs was 82 with Robin Yount and Paul Molitor.
1: That's the last time they were in the playoffs.
0: Wow. No, it's like 82, 2011, 2015. And now yeah, this
1: but, but but the '82 game I remember the '82 that was before you know you had uh, the wild cards and all that and they played the Orioles on the last game of the season the winner was in the playoffs and the Orioles had Jim Palmer pitching and it was like a you know it's like a lopsided game like nine to two something like that Brewers won
0: yeah no this is yeah. this is huge for them that's why I like fifty percent of the stadium fifty uh, percent of Wrigley on Monday was Brewer fans.
1: Yeah, Because it was, was not it that. was not
0: a sellout, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, I was wondering how they got tickets. Yeah, that that you would think that the Cub fans would pack the place. But no, that's that's because the Cubs have had recent success they and won the it, World Series two years ago.
0: And it was an unplanned game. Yeah,
1: so that's you literally
0: had less than twenty four hours notice. Uh by the way, it was eighty two sorry, yeah. Eighty two, oh eight, and twenty eleven. Okay. Actually yeah, eighty eighty no, I'm sorry, eighty one, eighty two, oh eight, and twenty eleven and now this year so there you go all right Andy anything else we got hockey starting up on Wednesday Tom Wilson's already facing a double digit suspension for a cheap shot in the preseason banner goes up on on Wednesday night inside the house that Ted built it's just nice to have a championship banner and not an attendance championship banner hanging in the rafters
1: true and and to you and you are a big Caps fan because you you when when you were a kid many times so I consider you a long time Caps fan do you have a sense of complacency going into the season as in what happened this past season was good enough to hold you for a while or do you hunger for a back-to-back championships
0: I mean I want them to win another one for sure I think the chances of that are less than 50 percent
1: yeah, I, I thought I, – I saw Joe Beninati over the weekend, and I said to him, I said, you know, the, the party just ended like Tuesday. So, uh, you know, the chances of them being ready to start the season. He says, oh, no. He says, he says Alex, is at the point in his career where he knew he had to come in in shape? He said, Backstrom came in in shape. These guys are ready to go. The big question is, the straw that stirred the drink is gone. You know, Trotz is not there anymore. It's Reard's. Uh-huh. and. huh And will we see, you know, because we had that with Richie Pettibone and uh, Joe Gibbs to some degree, although there were extenuating circumstances, but, you know, without the coach, is this a team that can go far once again or did they rely a lot on, you know, the way he motivated them? I don't know.
0: Currently the Caps are the seventh favorite to win it all. Lightning, Bruins, Leafs, Knights, Jets, Predators, Penguins, all better odds. Than the Caps, so maybe maybe, that's where they
1: do better. (laughs) I know. Maybe we play.
0: Maybe we play the disrespect card. How about that? Yeah, we're being disrespected right here. (laughs) All right, Andy. Good to talk to you as always. We'll chat next week. Hi, Jay. See ya. We'll end on this today. It's been one year to the day of the horrific mass shooting in Las Vegas, Nevada, from the Mandalay Bay by one Stephen. who killed 58 Las Vegas concertgoers at a country music festival and wounded nearly 550 more of them. Story one year later says experts dig deeper to find shooters' motive, but otherwise they are still at a dead end as to what the hell was going on. I read the story in the Wall Street Journal, and they you know, quote a lot of people involved in law enforcement and profiling and everything else. And I get through it, I get through it, and they're like, uh, yeah, we got, we got nothing, basically. Uh, the one thing that was apparently discovered is that his finances had dwindled from 2.1 million, his bank accounts dwindled from 2.1 million down to just 530 grand in the two years before the attack. But the Sheriff Joe Lombardo of the Las Vegas Police Department said they were not able to definitively answer the why. And of course, you know, the story talks about, and, and I, I went right to the comments section, which I always do, because I got to read the wackadoo comments from people. And that got me to go down a rabbit hole of, hmm, that's interesting. Well, eh, I don't know, well, that can't be true. But I remember early on, there was news reports that claimed from reputable news outlets like the Los Angeles Times, or supposedly reputable news outlets that claimed he made his money as an expert video poker player, to which many people said, ha 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 ha, bullshit, no chance. There is no such thing. These machines, slot machines, video poker, are programmed by the numbers to spit out and return between 90 and 98% of the money you put in. So, in other words, you play video poker long enough, as this guy apparently did, you will lose money. That's a guarantee. That is not a theory. That is a guarantee. They're programmed to take your money. But that was what we were told. Now, there's a lot of shoddy reporting. I was totally into this story and read about it all every day for a month if not more and it was fascinating to me and sickening and awful all wrapped up into one and I wanted to know more I wanted to go over at the security guard I wanted to see the layout of the rooms I wanted to see more evidence what the hell what's going on here give me some video surveillance footage what what do we have here how did this happen how come they didn't see it uh, what are the security protocols da, 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 da. okay so now it's been a year later the authorities say, well, we, got, we, we don't really know what it was. I go to the comments section, because there's always people with helpful theories in the comments section. And it's all over the map. I mean, it's people saying, you know, his girlfriend was an FBI asset. and Did you know that this, and he was on this medication, and did, how come they're covering up this, and ISIS that, and Antifa, and how come it was all, you know, sure, a mass shooting at a country music festival, where you're not likely to find many Democrat, you know, Those kind of comments. Throw all the crazy things. I mean, this is going to be, unfortunately, this horrific event is going to be a conspiracist's playpen for many years to come. Here's the only question that I have, and it's a rhetorical question, I guess, of sorts. Where can I go, and how can I know what is actually true about the particulars in the case? Like in other words, where can I go to get a verified, vetted set of facts regarding? They investigated his computers and they couldn't find this, or he made this many purchases of the guns in this location, that location, and they were all done legally. He was on medication, but here's what they were. And like, I just want to, I want, I want the verified game pieces of the parlor game, which is what the fuck was wrong with this guy? Just because I'm curious. That's all. And I'm not sure in this day and age that you can even get the accurate answers. I know that there is an official sheriff's report and I guess an FBI report on this. But are they totally truthful? Ah, I know what you're saying. Oh, you sound just like one of the kooks. All I'm saying is I would just like to know the facts. And I'm not sure we're ever going to get the facts on this. And truthfully, even if he had all the facts, it's quite possible that th- this was a out of nowhere lone wolf, crazy, doesn't fit any profile, sociopathic, psychopathic act by somebody who was just ready to punch out of life, and wanted to do so in a blaze of not glory, but in a blaze of hatred, in a blaze of yeah, why not, in a blaze of complete mental psychotic rage don't know but it was uh it was awful and uh yeah i don't know how to conclude my thoughts on this other than hey if anyone really knows where i can get all the basic facts let me know i'd like to go look at the puzzle pieces and just kind of think about it like hmm, i wonder about this wonder about that all right with that said why do i leave people on a down note Damn you. Don't don't you even know Broadcasting 101 or Podcasting 101? Leave them laughing. Leave them laughing wanting more. Not on a down note, idiot. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow, Drew Olson. Download, subscribe, comment, like, tell three friends. Congratulations, Brewers. Congratulations, Dodgers. Premium Zabe can be had at zabe.com slash premium. Sign up for the Monster uh, Week Number Five Football Five Ways Friday. We keep getting better and better. Thank you for all the feedback and compliments on the Friday Football Podcast. Only four ninety nine a month, and it helps support this very podcast. Now go troll somebody online in a LeBron versus MJ argument, and we will see you next time.